Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Kelly. Happy anniversary. Anyway, uh, now that we've got that cuteness into the intro, let's listen to an episode of this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, this is the first episode of Potterless in March, meaning that it is donation time here at Potterless. Each month, we take $1 for every member of our team over at patreon.com slash Potterless, and we donate it to a different charity. At the time of recording, we have 748 patrons, meaning that we will be giving $748 to the Houston Food Bank. Houston is very close to my heart. I lived there for about 10 years. And seeing everything that happened there as a result of the cold front that came through, where there were freezing temperatures and there were power outages across the city and other cities in Texas, and Ted Cruz did absolutely nothing to help. And I had a lot of friends and family that were affected by this. So I wanted to give to a charity that could help people in the Houston area. The Houston Food Bank provides many meals for people in need. And currently, the Kinder Foundation is tripling every gift up to a million dollars. So this is a great time to give to them. So not only will we be donating $748, that probably will get tripled. So big impact here. The Houston Food Bank says that for every $10 they receive, they're able to provide 30 urgently needed meals. Obviously, now that's going to triple. So if you want to learn more about the Houston Food Bank and what they are doing, you can go to houstonfoodbank.org. And speaking of charities, because these next few episodes of Potterless are about the crimes of Grindelwald, which is something that J.K. Rowling had a hand in, I will be donating a portion of the ad sales from this episode and the following three to a LGBTQ positive charity. I will discuss that in the intro of next week's episode. And also, also speaking of charities, our raffled prints prize raffle for charity is still going on. You can learn more about that at potterlesspodcast.com slash raffled prints. Basically, we are supporting three great organizations and you could win some fun Potterless themed prizes. For more information, go to potterlesspodcast.com slash raffled prints. And finally, I would like to thank the newest members of our team over at patreon.com slash potterless. So shout out to Louise McQuaid, Sonia, and Isabel Miller. Also shout out to Rachel Bickert, who upgraded their pledge. And a huge shout out to our newest producer level patron, Michael Peavy. They join the ranks of Vicky, Christine, Aaron, Clown, Marchismo, Juan, Rosemary, Maria, Lisa, Audra, Eleanor, Nikita, Rachel, Zachary, Alex, John, Noel, Claire, Rory, Veronica, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Justin, Jacob, Maya, Mark, Polly, Zena, Hardlin, Noelia, Nikki, Kine, Amanda, Kafir, Sarah, Marta, Maya, Floor, Georgia, Skyla, Edel, Professor, Threat, Ellie, Michael, Kelly, Kerry, Connie, Jen, Nedry, Will, Marcos, Marique, Ashton, Brittany, Phelan, The Meadows Family, Ginny, Heather, Kevin, Jarl, Peter, Janin, Callahan, Leah, Bella, Melanie, Becca, Rees, Adam, Joseph, Madison, Tonks, Sabrina, Sophia, Farzan, Melanie, Matt, Okamahime, Boney, Pony, Kelsey, Ricky, Taylor, Megan, Riley, Laurel, Erica, Miranda, Kendra, Natanya, Yogan, Darcy, Sandra, Craig, Lior, Demi, Michelle, Henrique, Casey, Magan, Sat, Jack, Sophia, Dane, Robin, Chick, Mermaid, Daddykins, Gregory, Kawkaw, Nina, Ribbon, Brittany, Gavin, Jack, Serenity, Emily, Haley, Sabrina, Jenna, Laura, Gila, Eileen, Annette, Kirsten, Hufflepuff, Brett, Mary, Artemis, Trans People, or People, Samantha, Nina, Tatiana, Taylor, Karis, Vomit Spiders, Tony, Joe, Punkfish, Wire Warrior, Catherine, Joe, Steamed Nuggets, and Cat Eye Potter, who never do a bunch of dishes, put away the sponge and the soap and everything, and then turn around to see one last dish on their kitchen island. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to exclusive merchandise, monthly live streams, my notes, bonus episodes, and more, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 166 of Potterless, the first of four covering The Crimes of Grindelwald, guest starring Robin and Bayana from Wizard Team. 
Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a 28-year-old man who never read the Harry Potter series as a kid. He read them as an adult. He saw the first Fantastic Beast movie. It was fine. And then he saw the second Fantastic Beast movie so that he could try to make jokes at LeakyCon, but it was so bad that he couldn't even make any jokes. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm that grown man, and I'm here joined today by two people who might hate this movie more than me, which is saying a lot. It's Robin and Viana from Wizard Team. How's it going, folks? <laughs> Um, oh man, we're here. We're mad at you. <laughs> yeah, we're mad. I'm more mad at myself. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, yeah, we did it. <laughs> we said this to ourselves. We did. We said yes to this when we had just finished going through it, so we were like, I mean, what's, what's one, one more time? More? But now it's been months, and we've been able to separate. And then all of a sudden, my our calendars were like, you get to record Potterless about Crimes of Grindelwald, and we're like. Trauma? Hello. Oh my dang. We did say that. Hello, darkness, oh. my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Credence, my old friend. So you mentioned coverage. You two went very in-depth with it on Wizard Team. You like went through the book and the screenplay and all of that. What exactly did you all do to put it in perspective? Because I just watched the movie and took notes. It did take about 12 hours because I kept pausing and rewinding yeah. to figure out what happened. Yeah. But what all did you cover? How in-depth is your knowledge of this shit? I don't about in depth i mean like so wizard team is a close like we do a close read of the books so it just made it just was like we should we should read the screenplay because that's like how we've done that's like the format of our show so we just might as well like read it and so i think what we did was we like said it to our audience was like if y'all pay for this like we're not gonna buy these but if y'all buy if y'all want to buy them then (laughs) send us the money we had a listener send us the money before the the episode even went out like one of our patrons we were recording and said in a recording if y'all give us enough money to buy two sets of these screenplays then we'll do it and before we even finished recording our like paypal had like blinked and we were like oh shit so now we have to (laughs) but i do want to say that we started this journey similar to you we were at uh mysticon and we were in these panels and people were talking about it and we were talking about it from like common knowledge and the things that had come out without having seen it and we're like we should watch it so that we could at least have, like, rebuttals based in, like, we've seen this thing, and, like, you're wrong, this is not good. <laughs> and it took us six hours to watch. We were drinking, and we it was, like, five of us, I think, Something watching like it that, yeah. at a hotel in, like, upstate New York. Like, we had, like, multiple pauses where we then, like, talk about something else. It would start with, like, what's going on, and then it would just devolve and then we forget we were watching it and then we'd go back so even like reading it when we did eventually get around to reading it a lot of it we had forgotten or like didn't remember because we we didn't really actively watch it the first time around it was definitely one of those things where like we had seen fantastic beasts and i like had talked about it and stuff on our podcast but we read that first um and it started off where it was like mostly like this is fine and then towards the end it's like what's going on this doesn't make any (laughs) sense and then we get to Crimes of Grindelwald, and in my head, initially, I was, like, more optimistic. Like, it maybe it'll be one of those things where it's so bad, it's, like, amusing. It's but <laughs> nope. it just kept getting worse, and so it, by the end, you're just mad, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> Those, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that sums up my experience as well. Like I saw it the first time, I was upset by it, and then this time when I had to actively take notes for it, it was just so frustrating because I had to like keep going back and figuring out like what 
is happening. It's so confusing. I think we should just get right into it and just see how upset we all get. <laughs> so the first thing Pretty. that <laughs> the first thing that you see that is new is that this is the first iteration, I believe, of the Wizarding World logo, at least in a movie, where it shows the big slow zoom into the WB, and then it's the Wizarding World. And I just love that J.K. Rowling went from that Oprah interview where she was like, I'm never doing any Harry Potter stuff again, ever, to like making this movie and like, it's a whole brand, baby. We're just pumping them out now. <laughs> before before all the, like, obviously, like, before all the, like, bigoted stuff about her came out, this was my, like, biggest pet peeve. <laughs> like, this was, yeah. like, the thing that I hated the most about her. It was, like, a, a source of, like, ants for me because I do think that there's something about having that world and having that world building and, like, going back to it. Like, I feel like, you know, Jay-Z said he was retiring. And, like, <laughs> and so, like, it feels weird to me. Oh, it, it feels weird to me when people, when, like, creative people say, like, oh, I'm done. Right? Because yeah. you don't know where your brain's going to take you. But she actually was correct. She didn't have any more stories to tell <laughs> in this world. She was Like, done. she was done. And that, you know, I personally, I like some of Jay-Z's post-retirement albums and stuff. Like, I'm not, you know... Don't hip hop head me. I'm not that person, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Yeah, I've got, I got, I went to see him in Justin Timberlake. Like, I enjoyed that. I saw him at Coachella. That was lovely, right? Yeah. But like, she is no Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to find a Beyonce so that she can just show up and go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. I was going to say, like, my favorite Jay-Z post-retirement things are everything where Beyonce is involved. My favorite thing about the whole Jay-Z and Beyonce, like, post-retirement Jay-Z is her Coachella set, the one that's on Netflix and everything. The best part is, like, Jay-Z comes out for one song is like, what's up, guys? And then just does a whole rap. It's like, later, guys. Literally. And that's it. It's and he's like, tired, I, I was too. here. He had, yeah. the, he had the dust in his lungs. He was like, she got one <laughs> song hard. out of me. That's it. <laughs> He's like, I'm old now. And that's, but I think that that's like fine, right? Like, sure. I think that it's, and and I always use like the Star Wars model and we can also fight about that. But like, it would be great if she would let other people play in that world. But she yeah. herself is tapped out. Right. Which we will see from this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know Rick Riordan, the guy who did Percy Jackson, mm-hmm. I haven't read those yet. But I know he at least expanded the world and other authors got into the mix. And I think he got diverse writers, too, yeah, so which is they're, extra they're, nice. I, I, I'm like, I know a lot about this because I've bought most of them for my little sister. <laughs> nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Thing. I, don't, I don't know if they're in the same world, but they're like all like different mythologies and stuff like yeah. from the cultures of the authors. Oh, cool. And they're all, I mean, well, I don't know about all. I've only read one of them. So like one of the series so far, Tristan Strong, and it's hella good but my sister who was eight has read maybe like 80 percent of them and she's always like when's the next one coming (laughs) so yeah it's like there's a there's a way to do it and yeah she just i think she just wants the control and the money yeah she just doesn't have like her ego is like the biggest problem there because like the thing about rick rorden too is that he's not writing them right it's like i made this really great series about greek mythology and i'm a white dude and so that makes sense but if someone wants to make a series about african mythology that should not be me but jk rowling would be like i got this guys but i could put my name on the top of the like thing rick warden presents and all of a sudden people are talking about it and are in like the interest in it 
skyrockets as opposed to like some other first time writer, right? Like Mm -hmm. using your name. It's like the perfect argument about allyship, right? Like how do you be an ally? You give someone else the tools and then you boost them. She doesn't know how to do that. So no, I don't think she really wants to either though. No. Oh no. No. (laughs) No. The other thing is like, if she really did want to go on and not just be the Harry Potter lady and do other things that also could have helped her achieve that is if she was like, ah, I'll just put my name at the top. I'll still get paid. I'll let other people do the work. And then if it's bad, I don't have to take any heat for it. You know, like it feels Mm -hmm. like there were so many outs, but she just wanted to keep her hands in everything. And uh, we got this movie. We also have to like, before we really get into it, just say the thing. It's like her post-Potter shit is bad. The first two of those Robert Galbraith books are okay. They're like decent. The first one is like a good, it's a good little mystery. It's not changing the world, but it's cute. But she couldn't handle not having her shit be on the top of the New York Times and being a whole movement or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right, because I know she tried to do the secret thing of putting a, the pen name which i don't know if i've addressed this directly in the podcast but you you've heard about like how robert galbraith is like the same name as some dude who believes yeah. in electrotherapy gay conversion stuff yeah. i did not hear that but yeah, I've that been, came out yeah. afterwards oh yeah no because like, i've been i've been like at a certain point i was just like no i've been cold turkey <laughs> but like what yeah. yeah yeah it's like robert galbraith some other name and he believed in conversion therapy uh, via electrocution and stuff and uh, jk rowling is so obsessed with names there is no way that this is an accident there's yeah, no way that she's fuck? gonna be like oh i'm just gonna put together some <laughs> syllables and make the name robert yeah. galbraith sure so yeah i mean i i read that first one and it was fine uh, this was before i did any harry potter stuff so it wasn't like because of jk rowling i was in a book club for work and they did it and it, it, it was fine but yeah i guess like she she wasn't comfortable with making something and not it being universally beloved so then she like leaked that she actually wrote them it's the writer because it wasn't selling like i remember the like there's one book review before it came out that she was the writer and it was like this is a very good first-time author story and i don't believe that this person is a first-time author and like it's a mystery you know what i mean so people have pen names and the the person was like i feel like this is someone like an established author but the beyond that it was just like the the craft is there and it's a mystery novel like it's you know whatever but like it wasn't selling and all of a sudden oh did you know <laughs> yeah it got she's weak. robert galbraith you know what right. i mean like that's the ego man mm-hmm. anyway crimes of grindelwald so uh <laughs> you see how it's another thing <laughs> So the first thing you see in the movie after all the logos and stuff is it says in the bottom in the little text, it says American Ministry of Magic. Is this not Makusa? Is it different? No. Can I tell you, Mike, that when before when we were precious little beans and we were excited and we didn't know how shitty she was and how bad these things would be. I went to a TV festival. I purchased a shirt. It says Makuza. I was like semi-excited. I was like, we getting some American magic, y'all. I own a shirt. It says Makuza. Magical (laughs) Congress of the United States. I thought, I thought that that was a thing. (laughs) They got merch. And now it's just a mom. <laughs> the American <laughs> Ministry of Magic. They were like, oh, fuck it. No one they knew were it. Like, Whatever. We, didn't, we weren't selling enough. Yeah. It's just... it was very confusing. 
What also is very confusing is that Grindelwald is in jail. He's in this jail cell. It says it's New York City, 1927. He's in like this force field that's keeping him in a chair. And then they're going to move him from this jail cell to one in Europe. And if anyone's seen the movie Con Air, we know that this is not going to work out well. <laughs> like this never works ever, but they're going to move him because he's been there for six months and that's too long. So we're led to believe that this is six months after the end of the first movie. And of course, it's like five minutes into the movie and the European guy who is transferring is like, he needs to answer for his crimes. And then I screamed, the crimes of Grindelwald! <laughs> They bring him out of his little prison cell and he's in what looks just like a giant prison. And here's my question. Why is there a giant fucking prison in the middle of Makusa? That'd be like if Alcatraz was just like in the basement of the White House. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. I had the exact same thought. I That's like, so dangerous. How many floors? How big is How big is, is Makusa? You're supposed how to be trying to Makusa? hide it. We're in, and also though, yes, magic and whatnot, but we are in... Harlem, the real estate prices, the property taxes alone. I don't know how the Wizarding World works. I just think, <laughs> put some condos down there, damn it, and like <laughs> ship him off to Staten Island. What's going on? I don't get it. It just seems like such a bad idea to have all of the prisoners and people that you have deemed violent, evil wizards. Where should we put them all? How about in the government building with all the people we're trying to keep safe? If there's a breakout, which seems to happen all the damn time, like, they're so close to all the people you don't want to die. Yeah, it's like she overcorrected from Azkaban or something. Like, just in terms <laughs> of location. Azkaban was too remote. <laughs> it was entirely too far. It was it just it's too much to get to, so we're just gonna put it here. I honestly just don't think she thought about it. She didn't. I guess, yeah, I think that's probably it. On the flip side, though, since this is a prequel, maybe the reason that Azkaban is, at least in the movies, like a big granite cube in the middle of the ocean <laughs> is that the wizards realize, ah, it used to be inside of our government building, and that was bad. Let's put it in the middle of an ocean as far away as possible. So here's a fun development that I completely forgot happened when I was recapping the first movie for episodes of Potterless. Abernathy uh, turns out to just be evil now, even though he had no hints of being evil at all in the first movie. I guess just in between movies one and two, they decided, what if incompetent Queenie Boss was actually evil? Was that who that was? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never. Thank you. Can we just blanket off front, up, up top? Dear listeners who have not seen this movie, please don't. But also, you don't know who. You don't know who anyone is. is. Who, and they all are dressed alike in gray suits. In gray three-piece suits, which is like, where is the whimsy? There is none. But Abernathy shows up like three or four times, and each time, Bayana and or I paused it and was like, "Wait, who? Who is that?" <laughs> oh, that's him? I could not tell you who, unless they're like the main people and they're on the poster. I don't know who any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's like the new Peter Pettigrew equivalent. I guess Peter Pettigrew. He's like the inside man for Grindelwald, but Grindelwald doesn't care about him. I don't know. I think it's so strange to make him evil because there was no hint of it at all in the first movie. If that was there, that could have been cool. Like if he did one weird thing in the first movie right. and then in the second one is revealed he's evil. It's like, oh, that's why he did that weird thing. But he was just awkward and incompetent and just let Queenie get away with saying she was sick all of the time. So it didn't seem like some great plot reveal. Right. He was the one who she was like, oh, I'm on my period. And he was like, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Lady things, yeah. And I was trying to figure out because, like, they do the thing where, like, we're supposed to believe 
that Grindelwald is this master manipulator type of thing. If he was under some sort of spell and that's how it like happened, I couldn't tell you though. No, they don't do anything on his eyes or anything. It seemed like he's like actually just like a true believer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like you didn't have that in the first one. But also who is this man? Yeah, I mean, not very important. He just exists to be convenient. Mm -hmm. So he hands over a wand and then a small what looks like a keychain. We learn later in the film what this actually is. And then they take Grindelwald away on like an evil 1920s Santa sleigh <laughs> where the reindeer are now Thestral and the sleigh is an old school like black carriage thing, like an evil version of the stuff they ride in in Bridgerton. And <laughs> Abernathy, then we see that he has the Elder Wand and that is suspicious. Then he apparates onto the bottom of the carriage, which is flying away in the rain, of course. And then Abernathy, who's on the outside of the cart, and then Grindelwald, who is inside of the cart, they switch faces and stuff. It isn't exactly clear what it is, but like basically Grindelwald was disguising as Abernathy and Abernathy was describing as Grindelwald. I don't know when they made the switch. I don't know if it was Abernathy in jail the whole time. I don't know if they actually did a spell where they like changed places. It isn't very clear like a lot of the magic in this movie. We just realize, uh oh, they got the wrong guy and they don't really explain how that happened. I thought it was polyjuice, but again, like you said, like how would you get that in there? I wish this wasn't a podcast. You could just see how disgusted you look. <laughs> like I, I like forgot. Like this is one of those things that I just kind of like. Once we were done, I put it out of my mind. And like as you're saying it, I'm just like, oh right, right. <laughs> this did happen. <laughs> So now there is a little beast because this movie just decides at any point that they can throw in a beast. It's like they're contractually obligated to do so since it is a Fantastic Beast movie. They just throw it in at any place. Oh, remember we 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 named it this and you know, you thought we were going to get a fun romp in like Crocodile Dundee meets Magic. But we said, fuck that. But also, we named it this. So here's a beast. That's how it feels every time a beast shows up. Mm -hmm. It's as if they're on a food network cooking show and they have to use the secret ingredient, but it's one they don't want to use. And they're like, oh, fuck. We got to put butternut squash in there somehow. Uh, Make a puree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jello. Ice cream. That's what you do on Food Network. You make ice cream. You make make Mm -hmm. ice cream. Yeah, yeah. And it never sent. They made fantastic beast ice cream. It's a chubacabra as well. and that means nothing. Oh, that's what that's supposed to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the in the screenplay, it says it's like a chupacabra, but like and like named Anton or something like that. Okay, that is not a chupacabra. But you don't see any of that in the movie. Yeah, and they don't say it's a chupacabra. Nah, it's just there. It's very small. I mean, leave it to J.K. Rowling to mess up a. Latin American mythology. Mm-hmm. But of course, like the chupacabra is supposed to eat goats. That thing is so small, unless it's a baby chupacabra. I think like, it might be a baby, but I can't remember. And it also isn't clear where it came from or why it would be in the prison. Nope. Here we go. Oh, not you having the book next to you. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Robin's got the book. I hate you, but yeah, it's a baby chupacabra. Uh, oh, baby um, chupacabra. Part lizard, part homunculus, a blood-sucking creature of the Americas is chained to Grindelwald's chair. I wrote, I don't remember this. See? Like, <laughs> it's in here. I don't remember this. And then the thing's name is like Anton. But the, yeah, so what happens is this beast is just kind of like there, and you're not sure what it is. Like, at first when it was next to him in the chair, I thought it was Antonio, like a sorry. security oh, beast. Antonio. Antonio, thank <laughs> you. It's awful. It's really bad. 
<laughs> so when the beast is first there, you see it next to Grindelwald's chair. And I thought it was like a security beast. Like the prison had it there to like oh, keep mm-hmm. him from escaping out of the chair. But it turns out that it's just like his pet, which is weird because he didn't have it before he got arrested. Nope. So why did they give it to him now? Also, if he's supposed to be Wizard Hitler, why are they giving him like a comfort pet? Like, why does he have a, you know, therapy dog? And then also they, they bring it with him for this like prison transfer. And then it starts attacking the other dude. Like, it's such a wild, confusing thing that they don't explain. It makes no sense. And then, so Grindelwald breaks out. Like, the other guy gets killed, blah, 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 whatever. Water gets in. Like, all this bullshit. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he just throw the thing out the fucking window? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He kills it. Literally. He grabs Antonio. He's like, oh, Antonio. And then he goes, so needy. And then throws it out the window. Does Antonio just die? Yep. Can I read my note here? <laughs> Please do. Grindelwald is Newt now. Is Antonio his Nagini? Hated here. <laughs> Not his Nagini. His Niffler? <laughs> And it says in the screenplay, Gwendolyn, I know. Okay, I know, Antonio. He looks at it with distaste. So needy. He then flings it through the door. He blasts Spellman magically through the open door, then tosses the wand after him. So he kills his needy chupacabra, who's a baby, and the dude. And then throws the wand. Right. So, yeah, he, like, doesn't necessarily kill the dude. He throws the dude out with the wand. And then, like, just before the guy's about to hit the water, he freezes him, like, Mission Impossible style. And then he falls into the water. I guess so that it's, like, spread the word that I escaped. Doesn't he, like, melt a wand, too? Did you see that part? I don't remember it, but it's in the screenplay that it melts into dust. Uh, he, I don't. He does like a wand in the throat maneuver. It's it's very oh, strange. God. There's lots of wands turning into not wands in this movie. Like Newt later does a thing where he like holds it up to his ear, and that's just not magic we ever see in the new series. So I don't know why back in the day they used to do it. Yeah. yeah. So this whole scene ends. He basically he's escaped. Woohoo! We cut to London at now B Mom, the British Ministry of Magic, and it's three months later. So this is nine months after the first movie ended, and. We go inside what is supposed to be the same ministry from what we know and love from the book series. And it's just got like this giant other statue in there. Uh, Like, I guess they changed the statue 70 years later or something. But there's just like giant other statue in the middle of the ministry lobby. Right off the bat, right off the bat, they get Lita Lestrange in the mix. I guess to try to like thwart the fact that the first movie was like, wait a second, it was all white people. So like right away, they're like, we promise. We promise we cast other people. Mm-hmm. So she's right away, right off the bat, she's like, hey, I'm dating Newt's brother and we're engaged. And like, and <laughs> just, I'm it's like fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like right off the top. Oh my gosh. So she's there. Then this like vacuum machine comes by, which is completely unnecessary. It's like a Rude Goldberg looking vacuum machine. If you're a wizard and you have all these house elves employed everywhere, do you need like a Dr. Seuss ass looking vacuum machine to go through the hallways? What is this needless ambiance? It's so strange. This movie tries to do 50 different things. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because like in, if I saw like that vacuum, I don't know, in like the borough, I'd be like, oh, that's so cool or whatever. But like. So it's like this weird thing where they like throw things in there that you would like if it was not in here or like that just don't it doesn't fit because it's in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Dark, ominous movie. Yeah. It's very much kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's like she's like, oh, this is a cool thing. Put it in here. And she doesn't have an editor. <laughs> she's not thinking about what that actually means. It's the cantina scene of Star Wars. <laughs> just like throw everything in here. It's fine. It means nothing. Ambiance. <laughs> so Newt is here because Newt apparently has a meeting with the ministry to try and lift his travel ban. 
but the one condition is that he has to join his brother's department in the ministry. So Newt has this meeting, and then he goes into it. There's a couple different people, and again, of course, I think the movie trying to course correct is like, okay, let's have this black guy in the meeting exposition dump the whole situation. <laughs> That's our grandfather. <laughs> it's, it's not, but... It is. For some reason. I don't remember what this man looks like, but Robin... He looked like our grandfather! <laughs> when we did watch it, Robin was like, he looks like our grandfather. He's got a mustache and short hair. He was tall and <laughs> kind of lanky and old, and he looked like our grandfather. Bayana doesn't remember this, but our grandfather is a wizard. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't say whether or not she's telling the truth, because I do not remember. Our grandfather is a wizard, and he's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got speaking lines, which is a nice change of pace from the first movie where people of color could only have like disparaging looks at the camera. And he reveals that joining Theseus's department means they want Newt to be an Auror, which feels like such a strange thing because it seems like Auror is supposed to be this highly lauded position that is hard to obtain. But also, Newt would be so bad. Newt would be the worst Auror. So this makes no sense. This whole movie is just people telling Newt to do a thing that he... It would be bad at and doesn't want to do. So it just, like it's the whole time you're like, why? He's the other. He's the other ingredient from this is what Wizarding World chopped. It's <laughs> the other secret ingredient that he does not want. But they are stuck with him now. So they're like, we're gonna force him into this like chosen one status without actually making sense as to why he needs to be here. Why anything any of this has anything to do with him? And like him being an art doesn't make any sense. Like there are other people. Is this all that they have? Like, is something going on? What's going on in Britain that they have to find Newt? They need Newt specifically to be an R. Yeah. I mean, it's just because it's a Fantastic Beasts movie. It just feels like if you're going to make Fantastic Beasts the movie, just make it and make it fun and make it separate. And it's just about Newt and Jacob. And that'd be great. And if you're going to make Grindelwald the movie, just make it a separate movie. Like, right. you don't have to put them together and make the first movie half and half. And then this first movie, like 90% Grindelwald. Oh, and Newt is also here and is somehow the main character, even though he does not fit into this equation at all in a logical way. It, it's it's everything is shoehorned and forced to make it fit the top of the movie Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I told you. I sent her a picture of the actor because it's our grandfather. Am I right, though? I'm so mad. Am I right, though? So Am I correct, Bayana? Just tell the people. Uh, you, our no, grandfather no. was in this movie. <laughs> I don't like Clearly, this. what you'll have to do is you'll have to email me a photo of your grandfather so that I can put it on Instagram and we can have an official I vote. We'll hear from the people. <laughs> I don't know if he would be okay with that. I mean, okay, I then maybe not. Maybe he not. He knows <laughs> what the internet is, but still. I'm not saying that Robin is wrong. I'm just saying that I don't like it. Yeah, you don't want to be reminded of this movie every time you think of your grandfather. Not a great connection. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. All right, pass Mike. Let's pump the brakes before we continue this downhill dunk session of Crimes of Grindelwald. Hey, it's me, Editing Mike. How's it going, everyone? Before we continue this onslaught of trashing this movie, let's take a little bit of a break in a segment that I like to call Wingardium at Ridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Calm. Let's say hypothetically that you are Robin and Bayana, and you have been asked by me, Mike Schubert, to guest on episodes of Potterless about the crimes of Grindelwald movie. And you're very stressed about this happening. You've seen the calendar event. You know it's coming. How are you going to sleep the night before this recording? You could use Calm. 
Calm can help you ease your stress and get the best sleep of your life. Calm has an entire library of programs designed for healthy sleep. They have soundscapes, so think like rain noises in the background in nature. They have guided meditations, people telling you, breathe in, breathe out, think about this. They're really nice. I really enjoyed them. And they also have over 100 sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Kelly Rowland and Laura Dern. Over 85 million people around the world use Calm. I am one of those 85 million people. I have enjoyed it. Clearly, a lot of other people have enjoyed it. And you can get your mind all taken care of and get better sleep. And as a Potterless listener, Calm is offering you a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Potterless. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. And they add new content every single week. So you can get started today at calm.com slash Potterless. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash Potterless. You'll get 40% off premium and you can start listening to soothing things to help you fall asleep before you have to record a very stressful podcast recording for you today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to ArenaClub.com slash ArenaClub.com Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is slash Bucks right there. Wow. Anyways, that's a slash club.com slash Potterless for 10% off your TNO. first purchase. That's a so wild offer. Like 10% cards, off a four dollars slab packs for any more transparent Anyways, way. That's Arena Club. Sports nerd or Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds purchase. like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.
So they talk about Grindelwald in this meeting, and there is in the middle of the table, I guess like a Pensieve-esque thing where it shows like a raggedy Grindelwald, and then he transforms into a Grindelwald looked like in the first movie, and then Credence. And I understand that this is a movie, and I understand that this is probably here so that the audience understands what's happening. But just from like a use case perspective in this meeting, everyone at this table knows who Grindelwald is. Everyone at this table knows who Credence is. This would be the equivalent if you're in a business meeting and you're talking about some people and then you have a PowerPoint slide just with pictures of the people you're talking about. Like, yeah, we all we all know. Like, who is this for? Yeah. The thing that is, like, infuriating about both movies, but this one in particular, is there is that thing, um, what's his name? Steve Cloves said, like, in the later Harry Potters, he's like, we're just assuming, like, these movies are made for book readers. Oh, yeah, that was, it wasn't clothes it was uh yates david yates yeah that asshole he's Same also involved here so that yeah, makes sense right, yeah. um yep. but he was like we're just gonna assume that everyone going in has read the book and but the problem with that is in that they make these logical leaps that if you've read the book then like y- yeah you get it but also like in terms of a movie it doesn't make narrative sense like a movie still has to have like a beginning and end, you know you have to introduce characters they do the same thing with this Except there's no book. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing. Yeah, there's no like, source oh, material. You'll just understand motivations and stuff. But they also then add in a bunch of exposition where it's like, you should actually spend that exposition time explaining motivations. Like, why are we here? Yeah. Not who are these people? Why are we here? <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely. So in this meeting, they reveal that Credence survived. They don't say how. And that he left New York. They don't say how or why. There's no explanation to anything. But after this is revealed, you get creepy guy who apparently <laughs> was standing the behind a pillar <laughs> the entire meeting. <laughs> <laughs> He's standing behind the pillar the entire meeting because he just comes out from behind a pillar and he goes, same old Scamanda. <laughs> and the way he says it, I'm going to put a clip of it in the episode. It's just so funny. Same old Scamanda. Mike, you have to also put in a clip of Phil Coulson. And they're like, is it the first episode? Yeah, it's the it's pilot a, like, of premiere Agents episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where he comes out of the corner and he says, welcome to level seven. It's I think it's a gif. Thing. Oh, it's the same okay. thing. It's the same thing. There's a gif. It's the same thing. <laughs> but just the delivery of same old scum. And, uh, <laughs> it was like, who, not only am I asking who are you, but like, what kind of entrance is this? It felt like I should know who this person is. Mm-hmm. He was not in the first movie at all. And he's just been there standing the whole meeting. Everyone in the meeting knows he was there. So so I guess they told him like, hey, before Newt walks in, hide behind the pillar. And then if Newt denies wanting to do it, you get the job. So he apparently now gets the assignment of trying to find Credence since Newt didn't want to do it. So his name is Grimsome and all the other people at the meeting look uncomfortable with it as if they don't want to have him on the case. So what I don't understand is why don't they put someone else on the case? And you could think like, oh, they don't have a lot of aurors. But then at the end of the movie, there's, there's like 50 aurors. So clearly you could get someone else besides Grimsom. he's not an or. He's like a bounty hunter. He's like yeah. a magical bounty hunter or it, something. It, makes yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And also, we have to remind you listeners, that he is wearing a gray three-piece suit and he looks just like every other person <laughs> in this movie. Who is he? Why is there no differentiating characteristics? His name is Grimson. What more do you want? Yeah, He's his bad. name is Grimson. And what's also so strange is that he is so set up and introduced in a way that you're supposed to be like, oh, this guy. But you have no clue who he is. And then they never really explain who he is. No. You just have to pick up through context clues that he 
has a bad reputation for being maybe bad at his job, but also maybe just too intense. So, And they never clarify. It's just like, you know he's not a good fit, but you don't know why. Mm-hmm. Newt leaves the meeting. Theseus chases after him. Newt says he's not going to do this. Theseus, who has incredible hair, I must say. His hair, fantastic. <laughs> he chases after Newt. And the way he says Newt is very fun because he goes like, Newt! Like, he really <laughs> hits the Y. Like, the Newt! <laughs> And then he comes in and he hugs Newt really big. And when he hugs Newt, which is a sweet moment, he also whispers in his ear that they're watching him. So he's protective of Newt, seems like a nice protective older brother. But Grimsome does get the job. Then we cut to Paris. Uh, I'm glad this movie is keeping up the same theme of just like every scene is five minutes long and then we cut to another thing because heaven forbid you focus on something for once. So now they're in Paris. We've got Abernathy and henchmen bringing out people in coffins. So apparently like Grindelwald just wanted this house as the hideout house. So rather than, I don't know, stupefy or use some sort of magic to make these people go away or forget where they live or whatever, they decide to kill these people to take their house but then also not take them away in body bags, but full-fledged coffins. <laughs> what? You're wizards! This is how they show that he's more scary than Voldemort. You're not scared? Are you not Are you not afraid? <laughs> this is also where we get the best. I'm talking like, move over, Citizen Kane. But <gasps> liner notes in this is just Oscar-worthy. Grindelwald surveys the elegant clutter left by the hot bourgeois family he has just murdered. (laughs) The elegant clutter, (laughs) elegant clutter left by the hot bourgeois family he has just murdered. She put that, she put that on in writing. (laughs) She wrote that. What the fuck does elegant clutter mean? I guess like a clutter of expensive things. Maybe, maybe, yeah, Why it's does all. It he just killed them. They don't speak broke, but they're they're a little messy. <laughs> Are we supposed to feel like less bad that he murdered them because they're the whole bourgeois with elegant clutter? Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know what these words mean. (laughs) I vaguely know a little bit of French, and I can kind of understand when fashion talks about it. But to my knowledge, hot means fancy, elegant, etc. And bourgeois means middle class. Upper middle class is what it is. Oh, that's what it's trying to do? Okay. I I guess it makes more sense than me thinking that she was just playing like the antonym game where she was like, elegant clutter, (laughs) hot bourgeois. No, I took French. I don't remember much of it, but haute bourgeois just means upper middle class. Cool. I get. Then you know what? They deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. So absurd. Uh. So now Grindelwald starts talking and. His accent's all over the fucking place. Ooh. Where's Grindelwald actually supposed to be from? Isn't he supposed to be from, like, Eastern Europe? Yeah, so he went to uh, Darmstrang. Okay, it says he's from Hungary. That's what I was thinking. Gellert Grindelwald was born in 1883. It says probably in Hungary or Central slash Eastern Europe. This is mm. according to the Harry Potter Compendium, <laughs> which I guess is the fancier version of the Harry Potter wiki. But he has this accent where... I guess he is supposed to have a Central European, Eastern European accent, but then he also like uses French words because he uses some French words in his 
bad monologue at the end. Mm-hmm. But really, for the most part, he just sounds like Johnny Depp doing a British accent. Yeah. So it's it just, there's no consistency. And again, I, uh, I'm i not talking about the whole Johnny Depp thing here, but like specifically just from his acting, I don't think he's that good. So like, I don't know what all the hype is if he can't even do a, a consistent accent that makes sense with the character. I mean, that is actually one of the most frustrating things, right? Because like, I always find myself stopping entering into the Johnny Depp Wars because those people woo on mm-hmm. Twitter don't do it. Oh God, but they love him so much and I don't know why. For this argument, abuse doesn't happen. We're only talking about We're his only acting. We're talking about acting. He's not good. Yeah. We've already known, like he, you have to pay his salary and then you have to pay someone because they have to put a headset in his ear because he refuses to learn lines anymore. So pe- someone oh, is really? telling him his lines mm-hmm. while he's acting. That's a thing? Yeah. Wow. It's like, no, he will, he refuses to like remember or learn his lines. My gosh. Which is like, at this point, why are you hiring him? Because nobody, like who is really checking for Johnny Depp in the late 20 teens. Apparently the entirety of Twitter. <laughs> it's like there is there is a Johnny Depp fan base that I don't want to, they're like, to me, they're like the Raylos and the Star Trek. I don't want to, I don't want them to know <laughs> me. It's like, it's like the anti-beehive. Like, I don't want, <laughs> I don't need them to know who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't want any part of it. None of his movies have been successful since the Pirates movie, like the first three too i think the last yeah. one wasn't that successful either it wasn't who's checking for him and then they had like that bullshit excuse of they wanted a big name and it's like so jk rowling isn't a big name the wizarding world isn't a big name colin farrell isn't a big name Looking, you have eddie redmayne who has an oscar yeah that's true you got zoe kravis for one movie just a killer like they got names right they have so many people <laughs> so many people also like the fact that they got like all those people they got in the original movies and they could only get <laughs> Johnny Depp, like that was their big name <laughs> after like Alan Rickman and Maggie Smith, like all these people. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. It's ridiculous. I hate that for them. So, so <laughs> they talk a little bit about like their whole mission statement, which is just this like vague wizard purity that isn't very clear. And then they're gonna like clean up the rest of the house. And then they go into this other room and you see a baby in the house. And I guess to make him look like Voldemort, they they kill the baby too. But what makes no sense about this killing the baby thing is that before when his French woman right-hand man role person says something about trying to get rid of all the muggles, he says, oh, we're not merciless. And then they just kill this baby for no good reason. It's like, you clearly are. Remember when 15 seconds ago you said that you're not merciless? Like, look at what you just did. You killed a baby for no reason. It's it's absurd. It's so silly. Okay, I feel like this is legally we've hit the limit of time that we can spend talking and time that we can make people listen to (laughs) discussion of crimes of Grindelwald. So we'll cut it here. We'll pick it up more in the next episode, but (laughs) (laughs) never. it's an extra episode, but Robin and Bayana, thank you so much for joining. If people want to find you doing stuff on the internet podcast wise, where can they do so? Blackgirlscreate.org. And then you can find all of the hundreds of things that we do there. But you can also follow us on Twitter at BLK Girls Create um, and then Instagram at Black Girls Create because they let you have more characters in your handle. Sweet. Well, thank you both so much for joining. Listeners, thanks for listening. Thanks to everyone for surviving the discussion. <laughs> I'm sorry to have put you through this, <laughs> but we had to get it done. And until next time, as they say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, before they introduce a bunch of characters that don't matter, Wizard on! 
Hey, you're probably familiar with one of the other podcasts I create, Horse. It is a very fun-loving basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. Me and my co-host Adam Mamawala talk about silly and entertaining current NBA events and past NBA events. And we also have new merchandise, which is very exciting. A bunch of wallpapers, a bunch of ringtones, all in digital bundles. You can check out that and all the other Multitude merch for Potterless, Meddling Adults, Spirits, Join the Party, and more at multitude.productions slash merch. Potterless was created by Mike Schubert. It is hosted by Mike Schubert. It is edited by Mike Schubert. It is produced by Mike Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Christine, Aaron Johnson, Klaus Rilo, Bumar, Chismo, Juan Sanfilio, Rosemarie, Dodge, Marie, Lisa C. Keen, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Nikita Power, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Alex Consulver, John Cotker, Noel Basile, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Veronica Bartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Marklu, Justin Montero, Jacob Parrish, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Zena Rosnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia, Nikki Harris, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Kafir Shaltiel, Sarah Shetter, Marta Morrison, Maya Flor Sake, Georgia Davis, Skylar Lilly, Adele Ryan, Professor Threat, Ellie Hoskovchova, Michael David Yordi, Kelly Otilio, Kerry Crumpler, Connie Binkowski, Jen Went, Nedry OS, Will Huser, Marco Cepeda, Marie Rieger, Ashton Gabrielson, Brittany Gutierrez, Phelan, The Meadows Family, Ginny from the Block, Heather Langeel, Kevin Stewart, Jarls Fiven, Peter McGrath, Jan and Rose Dab, Callahan and Darius, Leah Reed, Bella Barlack, Melanie Demi, Becca Spry, Reese Dignan, Adam Graham, Joseph Torp, Madison, Don't Call Me Nymphadora, Sabrina Balsiger, Sophia Loves Pigs, Farzan Jarabat, Melanie DeGrave, Matt Barger, Okamahime, Bony Pony, Kelsey Gillespie, Rike Mangor Jensen, Taylor Payne, Megan Moon, Riley Kitas, Laurel Happy, Erica Butler, Miranda, Kendra Hertz, Natanya Page, Yogan Shanley, Darcy Alexandra Harrison, Sandra Rose, Craig McRoberts, Lior Nachum, Demi Lynn, Michelle Spurgeon, Henrika Wolf, Casey Canales, Megan Stempen, Zat, Jack Gitzes, Sophia Leone, Dane Nemcher, Robin Garcia, Chick Parr, Mermaid and her Daddykins, Gregory Hughes, Caw Caw, Mother Feathers, Nina Jazalik, Ribbon Monstrosity, Brittany Harper, Gavin Miller, Jack Parr, Serenity Allen, Emily Quinlan, Haley Hastings, Sabrina Casanova, Jenny Browers, Laura, Hila, Eileen Gazesh, Annette Pipitone, Kirsten R. Cunningham, Hufflepuff alumni, Brett Clausen, Mary Price, Artemis, Trans People or People, Samantha McNamara, Nina Campley, Tatiana Schmitova, Taylor Roberts, Karis Davies, Little Vomit Spiders Running Around, Tony Joe McHufflepuff, Punkfish, Wire Warrior 4976, Catherine Carolchak, Joe Sander, Hunter Fincham, Steamed Nuggets, and Can't I Potter? Web design by Kelly Schubert, and the music is by Bettina Campamanis. If you want to find us on social media, you can at facebook.com slash potterless, twitter.com slash potterless pod, instagram.com slash potterless podcast, and reddit.com slash r slash potterless. For any and all information about the show, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com. For bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash potterless, and for merch, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com slash merch. If you want to tell someone about the show, you think of someone who would like it, reach out to them directly, or post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. All of those things help. Thanks again so much for listening, and until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.